Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. We are doing an off-the-cuff episode today. I have nothing outlined planned. Usually, I come with points and topics and a pre-planned theme for the podcast. And today, I just was like, you know what? I have so much on my heart right now and so much on my mind, um, more specifically around health and you know, last episode or one of the episodes, I don't know what last was, but I got pretty real and raw about my health and the concerns weighing on my heart with, you know, my right breast causing me issues and do I have cancer and is it my implant that's erupted? And, you know, there's all these stories that I can go down a rabbit hole or I call a, like a like a mouse wheel. You know, one of those mouse wheels that just goes, 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 goes. And, you know, I put my, I can put myself on that. And, you know, when I see that symbolically, when I look at a wheel of a mouse, I am, it's constant, it's exhausting, it's, it's almost addicting, right? And so I could go there. I could go down this wheelhouse of worry, but I'm going to be real candid with you. You can be sad or concerned for yourself and not worry, right? When we worry, we're feeding into this energy kind of thing. And so right now with my health, I have my appointment in literally 45 minutes to know what's going on with my right breast. And I wanted to hop on because I felt like why not bring you an in the moment circumstance with me and in the moment of what I'm currently going through um, that's a concern that can cause worry, that can cause fear, that can cause whatever emotion you want to put in front of that, but it can cause that. And I can go down that rabbit hole. And for me, I wanted to bring you guys an episode that caught me in the moment. I am so worried, but what I'm going to bring to you today is a live update. I can go into this appointment being scared. I could go into this appointment saying, playing the what if game, I call it. I'm like, I'm playing the what if. What if this happens? What if they tell me this? What if my husband this? And, you know, I could go down that rabbit hole or the what if game, but I'm choosing to see differently. I'm choosing to go into this appointment with the control of myself, with the control that, you know what? whatever does come from this outcome of my appointment, if I have cancer or capsular contraction, because my implants are 10 years old, um, whatever it comes out of, I, I know that I am in control of everything around me. I'm in control of my health with cancer or without cancer. And you know, what my biggest fear going into this appointment is not the outcome, but for the first time I'm bringing James 
into my appointment with me. So when I say the first time, I mean, I'm used to doing my appointments alone, figuring out how to pay my way, figuring out life, figuring out my career moves, figuring out what I want to eat for dinner or what I don't want to eat for dinner. For the first time in my life, and I say this so crazily, but for the first time in my life, I have a partner that is showing up with me. And that is so weird to me. That is so weird to have someone come to my appointment with me because they care. Because they care about me, because James cares about me. And you're like, pretty, why is this so weird? I was taught at a young age when I was in foster care in the orphanages. And even when I was adopted into the family I was adopted into, that I had to take care of things on my own. I've always had to have a plan. And the overarching theme of all of this is I had to have it all together and no one saw me. I couldn't have emotion. Like I wasn't taught to have emotion. I just had was taught that having a plan was the way to go and emotion was not okay. And that's something that, you know, as I go into this appointment with James, I'm so, so scared of vulnerability right now. And I can be quite honest with you all. We've been in moments where, you know, do we want our partner to see us like this? It would just be easier to do this on my own. And I just see this as such a beautiful opportunity for not only James and I to get closer, but for me to work on sharing my emotions. You know, James isn't going to cut my head off. He's he's going to be there to support me, to guide me to whatever I need. I think my biggest fear, though, is managing his emotions or what if I cry too much or what if he sees me being scared? You know, this is a weird concept for me, for someone to see me in such a open format and wanting to be there willingly. Like he doesn't have to come. And, you know, I told him like, you don't have to. He's like, I'm gonna be there. And so the easy route would be for me to say, I'm just gonna go alone, but I'm navigating again, this growth path, I'm constantly growing. And the growth path for me today is to show up or my homework for myself or the path that I see myself when I'm showing up to this appointment is, you know, I'm not going to think about James. This is my appointment and he's joining me, meaning that I can cry. I can not cry. I can ask questions. I can leave the room. I can show up however I want to. And I'm going to embrace the messy for the first time in my life. You know, this appointment, I'm getting an ultrasound and a mammogram, um, just a mini update. Over the last eight months, I've been having pain in my right breast and it's been bothering me when it's cold or when I'm just, it just flares up here and there. And I'm like, you know, something's going on. And so I finally, a month ago, got a mammogram and little did we know, like when I was in the mammogram, like it wasn't a pleasant experience. I'm not going to complain because there's far worse treatments, but it's like taking two plastic um, clipboards and just squishing your boob in between the two plastic, like acrylic, like clipboards. And it's just uncomfortable. Um, and they had a hard time with my right breast. So I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's my right breast again. Everything keeps like, they were having trouble with my right breast. They were having trouble taking pictures because it was just so dense, so hard. And little did we know we got them in the mail when I was recording two podcasts ago on the advice column. It, it's um, episode 16. I share live me reading the news. So I got the updates or the um, results from my ultras or my mammogram that I took two weeks ago. And they said to me, or they labeled it 
first of all, the front page says open immediately, like in red, bright red, bold exclamation point. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, let's drop the exclamation point. Let's drop the bright, big, red, bold. Like, you're, I'm already scared that I had to sign for this document, let alone but as soon as I open this envelope, there's just font screaming at me, open immediately, need seeks attention. I'm like, oh my God. And so that was like the notice. And so it says in the notice, extreme dense breast tissue on my right side. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was right. There is something going on. There is, I'm not wrong. And I've been putting it off, but this isn't kind of the news I want. And then it goes into a description of how, you know, 50% of women have dense breast tissue. And I totally get that. But then what about the other 50% when they label, like they didn't just label my results, dense breast tissue. They wrote extreme dense breast tissue. And so I was waiting all day for James to come home. I was anxious. I was, you know, not trying to worry, but like, how am I going to tell James? Like I, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. You know, I don't need to have someone help me. I don't need to share the news. What if I just kept this a secret, right? I'm married to James, by the way, everyone. Like, I'm married to James. He's like the biggest, he's not going to kill me. But as a young child, I was taught to handle things on my own and that it was just easier. It's just easier to do things on my own. And this was one of those instances where I was like, you know, I'm just going to not hide it, but I don't need to tell him because, you know, we don't know yet. Like, I'll go to the ultrasound. I'll hush, hush. Like, I will just figure it out, right? I will on my own. Again, this this thought pattern that I've built for myself or this dialogue that I, t- I have brought with me my whole life is on my own. And as I have become a wife, I have vowed that I am with somebody. And this is just... I'm still learning marriage. Like, I think these roles are developed over time, but I I also believe that independence is so big in marriage. I don't do everything with James. I travel weeks at a time without him. And that's a whole nother story. But I went straight to that thought when I got that notice. And so fast forward to today, I'm going to my doctor's appointment to take another round of another round of mammograms and ultrasounds. And they told me that I thought I'll find out if I have cancer or if it's just a, a problem with my implant. So that's where we are today. And, you know, I see, I like to see things as opportunities. You know, I don't label things good or bad, but how is this an opportunity? And now that I've reflected with you guys and like kind of reshared or recanted the story, this is an opportunity for me to, work with this with somebody with James. James is my lesson right now working with a partner and you know not hiding my emotions and my biggest fear as I shared earlier is managing his feelings in this appointment is so daunting to me because I am practicing my feelings for the first time and sharing and you know sharing my needs and working on that. Yes, I am a life coach, but I also believe that like we also have our things we need to work on. I did have a childhood that I had to constantly work to get over and work past and evolve. So allow me to have that space for myself that one of the things that I am currently working on is allowing myself to feel like it's it's a beautiful thing. And I don't think we talk about it enough is that we have to feel to heal. And I haven't healed from my past because I've never felt before. And so when we allow ourselves to feel, we're giving ourselves this beautiful, cushiony, soft 
platform to just feel. And so that's what I am doing today. And the opportunity that I'm seeing is not to worry, not to worry about the results because I know I'll be fine, but I'm seeing this as an opportunity that I get to work on this or I get to bring James to my appointment and I get to work on my relationship skills and sharing my feelings and my needs and my wants, my concerns and embracing the messiness and being okay that James sees it. You know, I've had this role with myself that I need to have it all together. And then when he leaves for the day, I can then let it go, whether it's crying or not sharing or, you know, just feeling like crap. But I've, I've, really allowed myself to not take on perfectionism because it's not it's not long-term game like it served me being perfect as a child to survive to be picked to be adopted to it being perfect allowed me to feel safe when i didn't have a home it allowed me to have control in a world that i didn't feel like i did but as i revisit that thought pattern of control and perfectionism that doesn't serve me. James isn't asking me to be perfect today. This is a very big appointment, whether it is them saying I don't have cancer or not. It's it's the unknown that we all might be going through right now that when we do have these unknown moments and the world seems to be crashing down on us, it's taking that step back and how can we see this as an opportunity? How has my past and everything that's led up to right now Maybe I've gotten myself to have cancer. Maybe me holding all these emotions in has followed me this far to have it, right? How has my past met me right now in this present moment? And I think that's something so beautiful is when we worry, we're playing into this addiction of, you know, what if, what if, what if? And this is an opportunity not only for me, but I'm sharing with you in the moment that, I am scared. I am worried. But that doesn't mean I need to follow the worry path. I can sit in it. I am processing it. This is allowing me to heal at the same time something is happening. Western medicine says fix, 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 get over the feelings, get over the feelings. But why do we have so much cancer in the United States? Why is everyone figuring out coping mechanisms of alcohol or overeating or suicide? You know, these are all because we're not processing as you, as a culture, as a society. And this Eastern way of processing is sitting in our feelings or sitting in the pain or sitting in the discomfort because that's what's truly going to heal us. And so for this moment, for me, as I am so uncomfortable and I am not going to brush past it, even though I want to, I want that bandit. I want to just get to know the results, but I found out two and a half weeks ago. And I had to go through Thanksgiving and traveling for three weeks, two and a half weeks, sorry, two and a half weeks with this news carrying with me. And I saw this as an opportunity for me to really be in the present moment, to not let it overtake me, to not let it get in between the memories that I'm making with my family and friends. And, you know, I have really stepped into my coaching role this last two weeks and I'm thriving because of this. I am so present. I am so thankful back-to-back calls. Like that is what I'm living for. And I 
see this as an opportunity and I get to see this as an opportunity. So if you are in that worry boat, that worry path, and it just seems like you just don't have any light at the end of the tunnel, I ask you to look at this and see this as an opportunity. How can we see this as an opportunity? And if you're like, I can't see it, I just don't get it. Like, then I'm gonna ask you to sit with that and keep asking yourself that, how can I see this as an opportunity? Because maybe you don't have that answer right now, but it'll come to you and it will. You know, I can be so scared and I'm overwhelmed and, you know, a lot of things are happening today, right now for me. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I am literally on the cusp talking to you right now, 30 minutes before I have to leave for my appointment. I felt the dying need to share with you and to let you know that whatever is coming your way, whatever you don't know what's coming your way, even if you don't know what's coming your way, this present moment is what we have and the the tapping into our our opportunities is what's going to be that guiding light at least for me like worrying is just going to stress me out and maybe it'll cause something else right it's it's if you think about it as you know this is a journey life is life and what comes our way there's two different types of people there's victims and then there's those that just take responsibility for their lives And I'm choosing to take responsibility. How has this followed me to where I'm at today? How can I see this as an opportunity? And what can I do in this moment to just grow, to seek joy? It's easy to worry. It's easy to fall into that path and feed into the drama. But there's another path as well. And that's the path of non-worrying. The path of coming back into that present moment. And, you know, I just feel so happy that James is creating this platform for me to not even platform an environment that he's willing to come and come to my appointment and be there with me like this is insane and I'm working on that I'm not trying to you know my biggest fear is managing how he's going to feel I'm not used to growing up in environments where I had to save my sisters from traffic or you know as shitty as it sounds falling into dumpsters and it's just crazy. I'm saving my siblings. It's like I I fall into that role of saving James from his feelings because I want this perfect environment. And that's just not real life. We I, I try so hard to have a perfect environment and I'm finally for the first time in my life, I'm like, I am embracing the messy. I have three suitcases opened on my floor right now. It's messy. I have a kitchen that's messy and I'm used to having everything perfect for when he comes home or when I come home, I have to do A, B, and C. And it's like, I don't want that anymore. I want a lived in home that's not so Instagram worthy. Like, can we talk about that for a sec? Like the Instagram homes are so beautiful, but it's not sustainable. You know, I love lived in homes. So if you feel the need that when someone comes over and your house is not messy, good. Let them see that you live there. Let's let them see that your house is a house and that you're human and that it's not ready for an open house to sell on the market right now for a real estate agent to do an open house. Like we're not living that way. That's not real life. And if it is, like, I love that for you, but 99% of us are doing a million things at once. And let's embrace this culture of let's normalize like a lived in home. 
Like I want to see that more. And so I see that all around my house and I used to hate it. And now I walk in, I'm like, there's dishes in the sink. And there's this acceptance of, you know, what is important and being okay with it. I think we we put so much pressure on ourselves. And so I don't know my appointment. I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm praying for the best. And, you know, what's really weighing on my heart is, do I get my implants out? Do I replace them? Do I take them out completely? Like I've been nonstop working with doctors these last two weeks, um, just sending pictures, finding good surgeons for revisions, um, because it's not a normal, just like you swap the breast implant out. You have to clean out the scar tissue. If there is, um, and if there is cancer, that's a whole nother thing that I don't even know about. Um, I know plastic surgery really well. I have, a, I used to do marketing for nine years for plastic surgeon med, med spas. That was my job for nine years. I had my own branding business. So I know plastic surgeons, but for me, it's more so approaching that and getting my ducks in line. Like I'm putting out there that it's not cancer. I'm, I've made steps. I'm meeting with doctors and it's a journey, like add it to the list, but I get to, I get to figure this out. I don't like not poor me. It's, I get to figure this out. We have the abundance that I can go in and get them replaced. But I'm also battling with this conversation of, do I just get them out completely and just embrace a natural me? You know, I've had my implants in since I was 23 years old. I've always loved a woman figure. I love the, the femininity that, you know, boobs bring. And I was a flat-chested girl. And hey, I love my flat-chested girlies out there. I mean, Kate Hudson and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is like the ultimate goal. Like, she is cute. She's sporty. She has her little... Her little perky titties, like, I love that. Like, and so I toy with that. Like, do I just go natural and rock me and embrace it? But then again, I love breast augmentation. I love, like, there's videos, if I could pull them up, I wonder if I can find them. I'll probably try to find them for this episode. I will go through my childhood videos of me running around the house, pretending to be Pamela Anderson, coming down the stairs with big bocce balls in my shirt, pretending to be Pamela Anderson. Since I was like seven years old, I've pretended to like have fake boobs. Not that I, and I would actually, <laughs> don't wait, don't, I, I hope I, I, I won't get canceled for this, but I used to stuff my bra out like, and try to have boobs and try to have a figure ever since I was, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't believe I'm like just now remembering this. I used to stuff my bra. Like I, I wore the extra padded Victoria's Secret bras because I wanted cleavage. And so when I got my breasts done at 23 years old, it was like, um, like I was six months before graduating college. I was like, I want to get them finally. Like I am doing it. I don't need to wait on anybody. Or, you know, I had this idea that a man was going to buy my boobs. No way. So I bought them. I actually used a student loan. No joke. I used a student loan and got a breast augmentation. And I'm actually still paying off that student loan. <laughs> so yeah, full just not even full disclosure. I have no shame on sharing this. I wanted them and I was going to figure out a way to get them. And so here we are 10 years later and I have to get them replaced or removed. And so I'm just dancing with the conversation. Do I just get them out? Do I just, do I just be Kate Hudson? Like, cause she is so dang cute. You know, there's that like sporty, sweet, simple side that there that's living in me. Right. But then I do love like cleavage. It's a nice accessory. And so it's fun to think about like, OK, I'm ready. I know I'm going to go in for surgery no matter what. 
I know I'm going to get my breasts redone or replaced or revised. And so now I'm just like been doing that nonstop because I believe that I'm putting out there that it's not cancer. I am, I am moving forward and I'll find out today. I'll find out what, what's going on, but you know, it's been a nice, again, a distraction in terms of, you know, we have to wait. I'm waiting for news, right? And so anyone waiting for something or waiting for a bonus or waiting for a, a date or a callback or as simple as, you know, waiting for your coffee to, to brew is distract yourself. Find something to do. If you can't sit in it and just wait and like, you know, that present moment is hard for you to come back to, then distract yourself. Don't worry though, please don't worry. There's a difference. You can wait for news and don't go down this rabbit hole or get on the rat, the rat hamster wheel. But my advice to you is distract yourself as well. Find something to do with that time while you're waiting. So whether it's doing squats in the kitchen because your coffee's not done and you're just so antsy for your coffee and that's, that's you, maybe we should pump the brakes on the coffee, just kidding. But if it's like news like I have where I'm waiting for news on my breast augment or my mammogram, I'm waiting to see if I have cancer or if I don't, or if you're waiting for that job that you put your resume out there is come home, come home to you, come home to, you know, what do you need in those moments where you are, maybe you're easily frustrated or you snap back fast or, you know, you find yourself getting antsy. Like these are all signs of you need to get grounded. So whether you distract yourself, come to the present moment, another one is get grounded. You know, getting grounded is so, it's not as complicated as we make it. Like if it's, you're in Chicago or someplace cold where it's winter and you can't get outside barefoot, or if you're just, okay, if you're a badass and you go barefoot and you do a little cryo walking outside on the grass, that's fine. But if you're in San Diego, there is no excuse for you not to get grounded. You just walk around barefoot on grass, sand. I mean, you can do concrete, but there's so many neurons and so many nerve endings in the bottom of our feet that send signals to our brain. And there's so many proven studies on like just grounding in general, but grounding could just be as simple as laying on your bedroom floor and no cell phone distraction. And you're just laying there, palms up, laying on your back, like a kid in a daisy field, looking up at the clouds and making animals. Like it's, it's grounding is such a simple activity. That is one of my favorite things. And another way I get grounded actually is I'll go sit in the shower. You know, I'll fill the water on my skin and I won't do it too hot because I don't like I'm already antsy and fiery. So I think that extreme heat is actually like does. I don't know what it does to me, but I go warm. I go lukewarm and just have a nice neutral shower and I'll sit in there and I'll just be with myself. I love um, if I can't get outside, I'll actually go in the shower. Um, what's another one I do? Another grounding activity that I love to do is I'll actually write a note to someone. Um, not journaling. I mean, you can journal, but I'm, I'm just telling you things that I personally like to do. Um, sending a note to someone is also so great. I love to think of people in my life that I have loved or still love or, you know, a mentor that I've had in my life. So I think the act of sending love to someone is just so grounding in a way that you're not thinking about yourself, but you're actually extending love beyond you, whether it's a call or a text, or if you're old school like me, you write that note to somebody. But I think the act of, you know, 
going out or making a card at home, putting in an envelope. It's a whole experience. It's a ritual, right? Same with walking barefoot. You're taking off your shoes. You're you're picking out where you want to walk and your next steps. Like think of getting grounded as this, not just standing on the grass or just walk or writing that note, but it's a ritual that you can get yourself to a calm state over the time you start and finish this grounding activity. Like the shower, you're undressing, you're getting your towel ready, you're putting on that warm water, you might you might light a candle, right? So it's think of when you're getting grounded as the whole experience, right? And so these are just simple tools that I've used and I'm currently using in order to stay out of worry. And, you know, worry can take over and it's not gonna look the same for everyone else, right? One last piece of, not advice, but something that I'm currently doing to help me not worry is listening and asking people about them. And it's a spinoff of writing a letter, but it's also having conversations with people that are in pain or, you know, things are going really well for them. And I just hearing people share about themselves, it's so fulfilling and so therapeutic. And so I just I've been asking people so much, like at Thanksgiving, I didn't really tell anyone what's going on with me because I didn't want it to be the center of topic. I actually didn't really want to talk about it. And so I didn't bring it up. I didn't want to share with everyone because again, I didn't want to manage their feelings. But when we talk to people about their stories and their life, it kind of takes your mind away from your own world. And so I hope this episode has helped. I will keep you guys updated. I am so honored to have you a part of my life, a part of my podcast. And one last little, little mini favor is I'd love you guys to leave me a review. I haven't had any reviews. Well, I've actually had one review, but a review is just, I went and saw some of these podcasts. They have thousands of reviews and I'm not comparing myself. Don't worry. But I would also love to just hear how you guys are liking the podcast or changes or anything. What goes around comes around. And I believe that so much. And if there's anything that I can do for you, your business, your family, your heart, your life, let me know. We're all in this together. And I appreciate you guys. I have to get ready for my doctor's appointment. This is a very special, exciting day and an opportunity for me to work on myself with James. Thank you so much. Bye guys. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me and HFH on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.